The Lymphoma Voices podcast brings you a series of conversations around topics of interest for people affected by lymphoma, the fifth most common cancer in the UK. Hello, I'm Anne Hook and I'm from Lymphoma Action and I'm delighted today to be joined by Lyle and his mum Julie. Welcome. Hello, hi. Hi Anne. Today we're going to talk about your diagnosis of Hodgkin lymphoma, Lyle, but we're delighted your mum is able to join us so that we can get an understanding about how your diagnosis impacted on her and the rest of your family as well. So just to put this in context, am I right in thinking you were just 19 at the time you were diagnosed? Yeah, so I was diagnosed in June of 2021, so I would have been like just turned 19. If we go back to 2021, what made you think that something was wrong? So I was actually getting ready to take my girlfriend out for the night. Um, so I was about to get in the shower and I looked in the mirror and saw a big lump on one side of my neck. So I had a little closer look and, and felt it. And it was a pretty hard lump. And I knew I knew it wasn't something that was right. Uh, and that was kind of the first thing. And Julie, did you sense that something was wrong or did Lyle come down and talk to you about it at the time? I was working at home on that particular day and he basically said mum I don't want to worry you he said but I found this lump on my neck and as he lifted his head up I could see it was like quite a large swelling and straight away then I said no that's not right Lyle you need to get the doctor to look at that today if you can but beforehand when I look back um, Lyle had always been quite a sort of a skinny lad really but he had grown really quickly very tall so he was about six foot tall and had always been very thin and the only thing I can kind of remember when I look back is that his appetite might have changed slightly I don't think he was probably eating as much as he had have been but apart from that there was no signs whatsoever that anything was wrong until the lump came so Lyle, presumably you organised to go to your GP. Where did it go from there? What tests did you have? Yeah, so once I noticed the lump and I went and spoke to my mum about it, I called the GP straight away uh, and she said, you better come in. So she literally saw me within 10 minutes of the phone call, which was pretty good considering at that time, a lot of GPs weren't seeing people face to face. And whilst I was there, she referred me to the local hospital, the head and neck specialist clinic to go for a biopsy. That would have been about two weeks after I went to my GP. So I had had the biopsy during the day. And then about two weeks later, I was um, diagnosed on, on the 21st of June. And thinking about the diagnosis, had you any suspicions that it was going to be a lymphoma diagnosis? So in that two-week wait, I thought, oh, it's, it's been a little while since I had the biopsy now. So I was working at the moment at the time, and I called the, the specialist nurse to ask if my results had come in. And at first she said, oh, no, they've not come through yet. And then she said, oh, hang on a second, it's just refreshing. And I, and I kind of heard her voice drop at that moment and she said oh you need to come in and you you should bring someone with you so I thought oh it's got to be something pretty bad and then wait oh, mum was working from home as well but we waited for my dad to get home we went to the hospital and that's when they they told us there was the specialist nurse in the room and a doctor I personally had never heard of it I assumed it was some sort of cancer and Julie can you talk us through how how that whole experience felt to you it must have been incredibly difficult Oh, yeah, it was massively difficult. It's um, probably the worst day of my life. It really was. It was just horrendous. When Lyle came and said to me, I've, I've spoken to the nurse mum, she suggested that like someone come along with me. I, I kind of had thoughts then, and I was like very nervous, obviously, about going along. I called up my husband and said, um, I think you need to come home. Um, the hospital wants to see Lyle, but they said we can go as well. And when we were actually in the room, 
everybody had their masks on because of COVID. And I think it was quite hard to understand what the doctor was saying anyway, because you can't lip read and what have you. He actually said, oh, Lowell has um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer. And I think from the minute that I heard that word, my whole mind and body just kind of went into shutdown. And I think that was my way of coping with what I was being told was just to try and shut it out. And all I could actually hear in the background was like, Mum, are you okay? Mum, are you okay? And it was like Lowell obviously checking up on me. Um, and the nurse in the room was actually, she was really good. She said like, Mum, is there any questions? Is there anything you want to ask? But I just completely froze. I just didn't know how to react. My initial reaction was just, I need to get out of the room because I don't want to hear what I'm being told. Yeah, it was just awful. I was to the point where I thought I was going to pass out because that's how bad my feelings were. And Lal, do you feel that your relationship with your mother changed at that point? Um, I've always been fairly close to my mum anyway. And obviously when, when we found out, I just wanted to make sure she was all right. I mean, she's a pretty emotional person. So, so she kind of showed it the most. So I wanted to make sure she was fine. Obviously it was hard for me to take as well, but I knew I could cope with it. And then as we went through, mum was the person who came to all my treatments with me. So I feel like we've kind of been through everything together. She's seen me in hospital. She's seen me bald, weighing eight stone in, in like massive pain. Um, so I don't feel really ashamed or embarrassed of anything anymore. I just can't really thank her enough. And, and Julie, given Lyle's age, did you become more protective about him, do you think, as a result of this? Oh, yes, 100%. Because, you know, any mum would want, you know, it would have changed to be in his shoes all you wanted to do is to get better at the end of the day and yeah 100% more protective um just wanted to be there within uh, every single appointment and just just getting better at the end of the day. La what were your feelings as you started treatment? To be honest throughout the whole thing I kind of felt pretty numb didn't really have any emotions I wasn't angry I wasn't overly upset I think it was just a massive shock to be honest but um put complete faith in my doctors and the team around me all the nurses I just wanted to get on with it uh, and get it done, over and done with. And I believe you were treated in a principal treatment centre for young people, weren't you? And did that seem like a really good choice for you? Yeah, so I was diagnosed at my local hospital, but I'd actually, I had a friend from school and she was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, a type of bone cancer, uh, maybe a year and a half before I was. And she was treated at a University College London Hospital, which is the, the principal treatment centre so when I first found out I, I pretty much texted her straight away and she said she couldn't recommend it enough all the care and the support that was available uh, and the nurses at the local hospital agreed with her on, on it as well and said yeah we think that's probably the best place for you to be treated it was a, like a specialist centre for teenagers and young adults so I think the ages were 13 to 24 um, and yeah I'm so happy I went there for my treatment. And Julie, Lyle's explained how he felt numb and kind of almost cut off emotions, I suppose, to, to get through it. Can I ask what sort of emotions you had? How did you cope during that period of time? Yeah, I think as Lyle said, I am quite an emotional person anyway. And I'm the type of person that lets my emotions out. So I did a lot of crying. I did a lot of not sleeping <laughs> at night. And uh, yeah, I just think that if I hadn't have had the support from the rest of my family and friends, it would have been so much harder. I had always kept in mind as well, I had to try and keep myself together to be positive and strong for Lyle, to, to get him through it as well. So although I was emotional, 
there was times that I had to get myself into check as it were and say look come on pull yourself together Julie you're the mum you've got to be the one who's got to be strong here. Lyle can you tell me in a bit more detail about the treatment you had? Yeah so when I first went along I think the treatment mainly depends on what stage you are um, and some various other factors so I was stage two which means um, I had multiple tumours but both Oh, I had two in my case and both were above my diaphragm. So the treatment my doctor decided on was was four rounds of chemo. Um, the first two were a combination called OAPA. So there's four different drugs, Onconvin, Atoposide, Prednisolone and uh, Adromycin. The Prednisolone is a steroid and the other three are the chemotherapy drugs. So I had two rounds of those. Each round lasted a month. So you have two weeks of treatment pretty much alternate days um, and then the second two weeks of that month is a rest period to allow your body to kind of recover from the drugs that are being put into you oapa was pretty strong at the end of both cycles um, so maybe the third week of both of the cycles i ended up in hospital for nearly a week both times um, in an isolated ward uh, with like no immune system um, and some pretty bad pains in my lower back and my stomach as well there's some side effects that it's kind of hard to keep track of which ones might affect you i know they all affect everyone differently but the the drugs they provide outside of the chemo so laxatives painkillers stuff like that i think was really good mm. uh, anti-sickness drugs so um and then after those two cycles i had a midpoint scan so it was a full body mri and pet scan to see basically how the treatment was working and the results from that was they couldn't see any more visible tumors but they still wanted to continue for another two cycles. But this was on a, a lower or a less powerful regime of chemo called COPDAC, um, which my body actually responded really well to. I didn't feel ill once with those. My blood counts didn't go down, so my immunity stayed pretty strong throughout. And that's when the steroids, so this the steroids were still part of this. That's kind of when they took effect. So I put on like nearly three stone in that space of time, those two months. But my hair even started growing back. So that shows how much less powerful that regime was. And Julie, can you tell me about the experience of treatment as a mother? Yeah, the days were just, they were extremely long. The very first day of Lyle's chemo was a, a massive shock to both of us, I think, because we hadn't seen the chemo suite um, at all. And we walked around and there were like basically massive, quite big dentist chairs that the, the treatment was done in. Um, and they all kind of faced into the room. But then the whole room is full of teenage kids all having chemo at the same time. And there's machines bleeping everywhere. And that first day, yeah, it was really tough. And you get to know those faces and you get to know the teenagers like really quite well because you're all in there at the same time. And all the parents are going through the, the same thing as well. But I think when you're doing that day in, day out and watching Lyle get really sick and really ill in the first couple of cycles of chemo, it's just extremely tough. Mm. Um, as Lyle said, he ended up in our local hospital on a couple of occasions. Um, he didn't have any immunity whatsoever, and that was so scary. Um, it was mid-COVID. I think on one of the occasions, Lyle actually had COVID as well. Um, and so I wasn't actually meant to stay with him at the hospital, but one of the nurses kind of sorted it out that I could stay, but I was the only one that was allowed to visit him at the time. 
and he was put on various different amounts of drips and painkillers and everything else but to watch Lyle go through that amount of pain was just it was just horrific as that was the the worst time I think for me throughout Lyle's treatment but Lyle even then Lyle was just so positive he was just such an inspiration to everybody else it was just brilliant. Lyle do you feel that the dynamics in the family changed during your treatment period? Yeah, I guess I spent a lot more time at home with my family, uh, especially mum, because she, she works from home. And when we weren't at home, we were going to hospital, so I was always with mum. But yeah, with my dad and my brother as well, we spent a lot more time together. But I think probably the biggest change would be my girlfriend, Liv. She kind of really became a part of the family at that time. Spent a lot more time with us. We weren't going out, so she was always around our house and yeah, always with us. So I feel like she definitely became a much bigger part of the family. And Julie, can I expand beyond your household? How did the rest of the family cope? The main person I was concerned about coping as well was um, Jake, who's Lyle's younger brother. He's only 16. And I think because I was spending so much time at hospital with Lyle and my husband was working, is for Jake to actually come home to an empty house after school. Obviously very upset about what was happening to his brother as well. Um, so my initial thoughts were with him and he blessed him first of all it was a real shock to him as well and he found it difficult to speak to like school friends and teachers and things like that but eventually he he came around and he was a a little bit better but he was my main concern but um, aunts and uncles and things like that were just absolutely amazing the support that they gave us and the help like while we're at the hospital and things and had lots and lots of family and friends that would cook and bring around dinners so yeah we had a massive support network and yeah family and friends were amazing and Lyle what about friends you said that you and your girlfriend stayed in considerably more did you feel like you're missing out on work study going out friends how did that feel um my friends took it pretty hard at first I didn't tell them for a few days I wanted to tell them in person so it was during during the Euros last year um, so I picked them up to go down to the pub and watch England play Czech Republic. Um, and I told them when I first picked them up and they just, they really didn't know what to say. Um, and then a few months later, I found out that they, when they got home after, after the game, they just went and their mum told me they were just crying, but they were so supportive throughout. And, and in the end, I just kind of had to joke about it with them because I think that, that was my way of coping with it anyway. It was just to kind of make a, make light of the situation as it was. But in terms of missing out on work and study and going out, I mean, it was quite hard at first. I'm not the sort of person who likes to sit about and, and do nothing. I quite like being busy all the time. So, yeah, it was, it was hard to adapt to at first. But then I kind of learned to enjoy spending time at home, just chilling out with, with family and, and my girlfriend. And Julie, presumably it had quite an impact on your social life and, and work, did it? Yeah, it did. But I think that... Um... Because you're on such a treadmill of going to all the treatment and the appointments and everything else, your life gets put on hold, really, and you just push everything else aside. And to me, that wasn't important. The only important thing to me and for us as a family was to get Lyle better. And so really, for that period of time, social life and anything else was just it just wasn't important. And it just stopped, basically. There wasn't any time for that as well, but it didn't matter. Were there any particular coping strategies that you might suggest were helpful for you that others might find helpful also? I did. First of all, I read up quite a lot on the internet 
first of all and then I just thought no I'm not going to read this anymore because I didn't trust it the only actual site that I did trust was Lymphoma Action which I actually found amazing and I just think that all the literature and stuff that was there it just it just was real rather than and I trusted it which was the most important thing but coping yeah I, I did speak to to a lot of friends again but it's really hard when someone's not going through the same sort of thing that we're going through to actually put your real feelings across. So I do think that I have kept a hell of a lot in, to be honest. And yeah, coping, the times that I did have a bit of time to myself, I did a lot of running and that was my release, was to, to get out of the house. And, and that's when I could let my mind think and be by myself and give myself a bit of space to actually realise what was going on. And you said you had time to think. If you had concerns or worries or wanted to know something else, did you feel you could talk to Lyle about it or did you feel you wanted to protect him from any anxiety you were feeling? There were certain things that I would um, feel anxious or protective to talk to Lyle about, but I think they were like more inward feelings and perhaps like negative thoughts about his illness and disease. But overall, um, as we said earlier, that me and Lyle were like really, really close. The days where he didn't have treatment, we did quite a lot of dog walking. So we'd walk through the woods and what have you. And I think that was our main time where we would chat about pretty much everything under the sun. Mm. Uh, how he was feeling, how I was feeling. And they, they were our good times together because it wasn't just all sadness and what have mm. you. It was just we could laugh about things as well and just be honest with one another. So, you know, we, we had that type of closeness where we could we could chat about things. And Lyle, like, your mum said that she looked at the Lymphoma Action website. Did you read up on that much about the condition? Uh, no, I didn't, to be honest. When I was first diagnosed, one of the first things the nurse said to me was, don't go and look for things about it because you'll find horror stories and you'll, yeah, you'll just frighten yourself, basically. So... The only things I really looked at about the disease was I was given a booklet by yourselves, Lymphoma Action. I think it was called A Guide to Hodgkin's Lymphoma. And there was also one for, for young people as well, which is how I was introduced to the charity in the first place. Yeah, the information in those booklets and what I was told by the doctors and nurses was about it. To this day, I still haven't looked it up. And as treatment ended, how did you feel at the end of your treatment, Lyle? Um, tired. It had been like four long months of treatment. Relieved as well, because I felt pretty positive about it. But strangely, the day I finished my last chemo, I remember not feeling the, the sort of happiness that I thought I would feel. I yeah. feel like people expect you to be over the moon when you're, when you're finished. But again, I, I just felt quite numb and was ready to start getting back to normal. And what about you, Julie? How did you feel at the end of treatment? I felt really relieved that all the chemotherapy was um, over and done with, as it were, but then also still anxious because you're still waiting to see whether that treatment's worked or not. So there was a, a period of time where you're over the moon that treatment's finished, but you're still feeling very anxious because you need to know whether that's worked or not. And I think, as Lyle said, people expect you to be kind of jumping around. You know, you think as a, a family and for Lyle, You've been through so much to get back to normal that's not going to happen straight away mm. so yeah it was a strange time up until the first scan Lyle can I ask you the treatment finished how long was it before you had any scans or the results of the scans to let you know whether the treatment had been successful so um like I said the treatments 
for in month blocks so you have two weeks at the beginning when you're actually getting your treatment and then two weeks of rest so i had my last chemo um, and then two weeks after that i had my scan but then it took another two weeks after that scan to get my results through um, and, and find out i was cancer three so yeah a month all in all and a worrying time i imagine all round yeah it's kind of a different battle from the treatment that is so so you you're focused when you're having the treatment you're focusing on on getting through it and thinking right the treatment's going to work i'm going to feel fine and then the treatment stops and then you've got that month where you're no longer getting treatment and and you're thinking well it could it could have worked it might not have worked you just have to sit and wait for me that was a different whole different battle mm, and it sounds like it was a tough time for you as well julie yeah, I mean, as we said, um, when the treatment finished, everyone expects that you're going to be celebrating and it, it just doesn't happen like that. At the end of the day, it's just you've got that weight to see whether it's worked or not. And then it's then we cracked open the bottle of champagne because mm-hmm. we thought, yeah, that's OK. The minute we'd actually heard that the law is lymphoma free, then you could start your celebrations. It wasn't so much at the end of the treatment. It was a relief at the end of the treatment, but a celebration when we actually found out after the scan that he was um, you know, cancer-free. So, But you, you still worry now. You've still got scans every three months. And as, as the scans come around, it's still in the back of your mind. You know, it's just like fingers crossed that everything's going to be okay. And so you find that those scans or follow-ups are periods of uncertainty just beforehand I suppose they raise the the worry again yeah I think a couple of weeks beforehand the the thoughts are in your mind until the scans come in the x-rays are coming and it's just like you know just hope and praise God that nothing's come back and how long has it been now since the end of treatment Lyle I believe it will actually be six months tomorrow since I had my last chemotherapy yeah yeah and and you said you felt tired at the end are you starting to find your new normal, do you think? Yeah, I feel um, much better now. To be honest, I feel healthier than I did before. As mum said at the beginning, I was very, very skinny before. Um, and now I've got a lot more weight about me. I'm doing a lot more exercise and activity, going to the gym, going for runs. I've got really back into my work uh, and study. So, yeah, I'm feeling good, thanks. And Julie, I believe that you're now doing some amazing fundraising things. You've, you mentioned that you've been running as a way to give yourself some me time. Can you tell me a bit more about this? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the London Marathon on the 2nd of October. Um, we had a, a massive um, fundraiser a couple of weekends ago. Uh, we had a big raffle and a big party, which we also wanted to be as a, a celebration because when Lyle was given the all clear after his first scan, that's when we kind of could start celebrating. And we wanted to mark that with um, a party for family and all his friends that have been supportive. So that was a really good evening. But um, yes, running the marathon now. So training every day and what have you. But it massively helps as well. And I just think that if I can give back to Lymphoma Action, they helped us so much, then that'd be great if I can just help other people. Well, that's fantastic. And, and well, thank you very much for doing that. I mean, it sounds such an enormous thing to do to, to me as a non-runner. I can't imagine how I'd even start. So thank you for doing that. Now, we do also include a couple of questions and we ask them to everyone. So I, I'll start with Lyle. First question is, what brings you joy? Um, spending time with family and, and friends, I think, is the main thing. Yeah, I don't really think it matters so much what you're doing as long as you're doing it with people that you're close with. 
And Julie, can I put the same question to you? What brings you joy? Um, seeing my family happy and healthy, 100%, especially after everything we've been through. I just think that to, to feel happy and healthy, or just that's the main things in life. Lyle, can I ask you what one thing has helped you with your lymphoma and living with lymphoma? Um, support from everyone, not just close friends and family, but people I don't know as well. Um, that was one thing that surprised me. So a couple of days before I started my treatment, I set up a Just Giving page in aid of lymphoma action. But seeing all the messages on there was really helpful, especially going through tough times in my treatment. So yeah, like the midpoint when I wasn't sure if the treatment was working or not, or times where I was stuck in hospital for a period of time. Yeah, seeing those messages from people. Yeah, we did, we did really well, actually. I set it up thinking, oh, we'll raise a couple of hundred quid. And, and then within two weeks, we was at like seven and a half grand. It was because of them um, books that I was talking about that you guys put together. The reason I set it up was I thought if I can raise enough money to give every young person that's diagnosed one of those, I think it was like a fiver or a tenner to make. Uh, and my doctor told me there was about 400 people my age, like between 15 and 24, diagnosed each year. So yeah. everyone can have a book to know a bit more about it. Then I'd be happy. Yeah, I read it within about an hour of coming back from hospital, cover to cover, and then we passed it to Lyle's girlfriend because nobody had an understanding of mm -hmm. what lymphoma actually was. And even though it was a young person's guide, it was just like the whole family kind of passed it around and read it. And it was just massively helpful. Really good. Julie, can I ask you the same question? What one thing has helped as you support Lyle with his lymphoma? I do think it was the last is I think it's the help from all your family and friends is just people say you always need your friends and it couldn't be more true because they were just so supportive and yeah that massively helped through all of Lowell's lymphoma and treatment also all the doctors and nurses they were just so honest and upbeat and positive all the way through so I, I just think for, for them as well they, they massively helped. Well, Julie and Lyle, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today and thank you for so generously and so honestly sharing two different aspects of living with lymphoma. So thank you very much. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Anne. For more information about lymphoma and the support we can offer to people affected by the condition, please visit the Lymphoma Action website at www.lymphoma-action.org.uk. Lymphoma Action. Inform, support, connect.